What is up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, July 27th. What a strange and ultimately rewarding weekend of Detroit Tigers baseball that we're going to recap here in this first segment. A majority of this show will be me recapping the two very eventful, very fun baseball games that we saw over the weekend. The Tigers playing their final two games of a three-game set to open the season at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Two Tigers victories. Going to be recapping those. And probably late in the second segment, I will be spending some time previewing today's pitching matchup, tonight's pitching matchup at 7.10 p.m. against the Kansas City Royals, the official home opener for the Detroit Tigers. Let's start with Saturday's game. The Tigers trailed early on. They trailed late in the game. They were down 3-1. Luis Castillo was absolutely excellent. If there's one takeaway I got from this three-game series regarding the Cincinnati Reds, it is that that rotation is seriously legit. I've sang Luis Castillo's praises many times. I have on this podcast. I talked about him quite a bit on Friday. I think he's he's a wizard. I think he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, and his performance on Saturday uh, didn't change my mind in the slightest. He was excellent. Six innings, only one earned run on a C.J. Crone RBI double in the first inning. 11 strikeouts, many of them coming on that absolutely devastating changeup that he likes to throw quite often. He exited the game, but the Tigers down 3-1, to one, and it looked like it was going to be one of those games that we saw so many times last year, and really have seen over the last two years in the Garden Hire era, which is one of those games that is not embarrassing necessarily, you know, a 3-1 loss, but one of those games that rarely ever felt competitive, one of those games that never really felt like the Tigers stood a chance after taking the lead there in the first inning. And then Austin Romine hit his first home run as a Tiger, making it 3-2 to two a few batters later. Miguel Cabrera hit a two-run shot off of Michael Lorenzen, his first of the season. All of a sudden, it's 4-3 Tigers. Now Tyler Alexander blows the save in the bottom of the frame, making it 4-4. Four to four. Then in the ninth inning, Jacoby Jones off of Reds closer Rysiel Iglesias, hit a two-run home run to put the Tigers in front. Joe Jimenez would close it down in the bottom of the ninth. It was a really impressive victory, considering that they were completely overmatched by Luis Castillo for a majority of the ball game. The offense was completely shut down. Strikeouts were a key storyline of this whole series, and I think they struck out, what, 14 times, I believe, on in Saturday's game, it, it was pretty brutal, and yet it was one of those games we rarely saw last season. Because uh, last season, I never, I never really questioned their effort. Like I never saw a team that gave up. Like at the end of the Osmus era in 2017, that team flat out quit. Never saw any quit in 2018. Never saw any quit in 2019. They were just so limited by the talent that they had on their roster that if they were a team that fell behind, I talked about this a little bit on Friday, it was not a team, considering the, the weak offense that they had, it was not a team that was designed to play from behind, and yet, that's exactly what they did on Saturday, is they did play from behind, and you saw some really good at-bats in the latter part of that game, and it gave them some momentum going into Sunday's contest, and you wondered how they were going to respond uh, in Sunday's game, because let's face it, Saturday's win, as, as impressive as it was, as fun as it was, 
it was a fluke. I mean, they stole a game. And that's what happens in baseball. You steal games sometimes. But they were overmatched for a majority of the contest. And then you get to the late innings and the Reds' bullpen blows it. And, I mean, God knows we've seen a, a bullpen blow leads many times here in Detroit. We know exactly what that's like. But then you come into Sunday's game. I mean, a fairly similar script. Shut down once again by a really good young starting pitcher. Trevor Bauer, he's nothing if not inconsistent. But when he's on, man, he can absolutely deal. He's great he at mixing speeds. He has a million different pitches that he throws. And I thought yesterday was, uh, that was at Bauer at his best. Shut down the Tigers. What, 13 strikeouts yesterday. He was, uh, he was absolutely electric. But... Matching him pretty much blow for blow was Spencer Turnbull, who I thought was was sensational. I brought this up in my post-game video, but I'll reiterate it here. Five innings, one earned run, I don't think even really told the full story. The pitch count was elevated late in the contest with him, late in that fifth inning. Threw a lot of pitches there in his final frame, but ultimately very little hard contact. And yet he still needs to improve on his command. But I think in general, the one thing I saw from Spencer Turnbull yesterday, the one word that was kind of running through my head all day was comfortable. This was a guy who last year, when he kept runners off base, looked pretty solid. You know, there's no doubt that Spencer Turnbull has dynamic stuff. Like he has potentially front of the rotation stuff. I don't think anyone's ever really disputed that. What's been his issue is his command. And you saw last year when he would get into trouble, when he would get into those high leverage situations. He had a tendency to panic. He had a tendency to overthrow. He had a tendency to yank a lot of fastballs, to miss with a lot of sliders. I thought yesterday, even in the moments that were high leverage, like that fifth inning, I never saw him take pitches off. It seemed like every pitch he threw had a purpose. And he's talked about that in the offseason. He's talked about making sure that you, in the major leagues, you can't take at-bats off. You can't take pitches off. You need to focus solely on the moment. I think we saw that from him yesterday. And, and the fact is, you know, it fell apart a little bit in that fifth inning, but he gave up two completely weak bloop singles. It's what in baseball we call being bapipped to death. Bapit being batting average on balls hit in play. Gave up two singles that were 62 and 70 miles per hour off the bat, respectively. Two balls in play that a majority of the time would have been outs that just found a spot in the outfield and it led to him giving up his only earned run of the day. But all in all, Spencer Turnbull has the best stuff on the staff in terms of starting pitchers. I don't think there's any disputing that. I and mean, I think yesterday he continued to take some really positive steps forward, much like he had in spring and in summer camp as well. So you get to yesterday's game, you get shut down by Bauer. It's a one-run game going into the ninth inning. Miguel Cabrera draws a walk against Michael Lorenzen, a, one of the best Miggy at-bats that we've seen in years. And no, it didn't result in a home run. No, it didn't result in a double. But I think in general, he is seeing the ball better. Yeah, he struck out a bunch in, in the first two, three games. Everyone did. And I'll talk about that and I'll address that here in a second, but I thought in terms of seeing the ball, an excellent at-bat. And then C.J. Crone, far and away the Tigers' best hitter, most consistent hitter through these first three games, hits a two-run home run to right field to put the Tigers in front. Joe Jimenez would miraculously pitch out of a jam there in the bottom of the ninth inning. Turning two, Joey Votto would ground into a 4-6-3 double play to end the game with runners on the corners. And all in all, a pretty 
impressive effort. The Tigers come out of Cincinnati with two wins in a three-game set to open their season. A couple standout performances I do want to talk about. Obviously, C.J. Crone, excellent in all three games. I mean, he's seeing the ball really well. And like I said, I think he has that added motivation this year because this is a guy who's played for four teams in four years now. He's desperately trying to earn a multi-year contract. That's what MLB players dream of. They want that stability. And I think in a 60-game sprint, if he can play some of the best baseball of his career, I think it could do wonders for him, and he could earn that multi-year deal. Probably not in Detroit, but somewhere else. I think he's seized that opportunity so far through three games. And I think he's going to continue to hit, maybe not at the, the torrid pace that he's hit at in summer camp in the first three games of the regular season so far, but all in all, really solid work from C.J. Crone. And another guy that really caught a lot of people's attention, including my own, over the weekend, especially in yesterday's game, Gregory Soto. I, and I've talked about him a little bit on here before, I want to see him get reps. I think a guy's got a live arm. And when you have the kind of stuff that he has, even if you're lacking in the command department, when you have a team that's tanking, give him as many reps as you can. If he can figure out a way to stay within himself, his mechanics have looked a little bit cleaned up. I, th- I think he could be a legitimately solid back end of the bullpen guy for this baseball team. And I think yesterday he showed that two remarkable frames struck out the side in his second inning of work and was was painting with that heater. I mean, hitting the black with 98, 99 mile per hour fastballs through a few solid sliders as well. I, I never agreed with him being a starter. I thought that was silly. They pitched him as a starter a few times. He got rocked pretty much every time a season ago because he's a two-pitch pitcher, and his command isn't good enough to be a guy who can go four, five, six, seven innings a start. But as a reliever, going one or two frames, coming out of the pen, throwing 98, 99 miles per hour, I think this is a guy with the highest ceiling of anyone in this bullpen. I had someone do, and this was one of those opening weekend overreaction questions that you get. I had somebody ask me if I think that Gregory Soto will take over the closer's role. My answer is, look, and do I see him continuing the success that he had in his first two outings? I don't, but let's just say he does. Let's just say he really comes into his own and has you know kind of like a breakout season here. Could I see him taking over the closer's role? Not this year. This is still Jimenez's team and as far as being the closer of this baseball team. But going forward, next couple years, maybe. Because he has the best stuff of anyone in the bullpen. I, I Even better than Jimenez. I, I will not deny that. So he's a standout as far as I'm concerned over the weekend. Look, this is me bringing in a little bit of negativity here. And I know there's a lot of people who are very excited about the way things went over the weekend. And I was. It was, it was nice to see. But the fact is, they played a three-game series where they were completely shut down by Reds starting pitching. They struck out a million times, which in general doesn't bother me as much as it bothers a few other people. Like, that's how you play baseball today. You strike out a lot, you hit home runs. That's kind of the the 21st century day and age of baseball. And I'm glad the Tigers have kind of adapted to it. Yes, you would like to see them strike out less, but they were going up against great pitchers. They were going up against three guys who have made all-star teams in their career recently. So in general, the strikeouts didn't bother me that much. But the fact is they were overmatched for a majority of the series. Uh, they were out hit and they were completely out pitched except for like two innings. You play this series 10 times, the Reds probably win nine, but... That's baseball. That's why you play the game. I talked about that on Friday. There was not a single metric that supported the Tigers winning Saturday's game. And yet, after a really rough opening day, they took two from the Reds. I think ultimately, 
water is going to find its level. And I still believe that this team is not good. And I will continue to say that even if they end up miraculously going 500 or something, I'm still going to say that they were way above their pay grade. They got four games coming up against the Royals at home. They'll probably win two or three of those. The Royals, I watched them over the weekend play Cleveland. They stink. They have no pitching at all. But I think as time goes on, unfortunately, we're going to see this team start to show their true colors a bit. Or fortunately, if you're someone who's hell-bent on seeing them get another top five pick. So a, a positive step forward, a good series. We did not see a lot of games like this a season ago. So it is a step in the right direction and, and just a breath of fresh air. We've been waiting so long to see this team play a baseball game. And I think opening day was a little bit deflating for a lot of people. Not so much for me because I don't know, I just kind of expected it, but to bounce back the way they did, impressive stuff. Now, when I come back, a uh, long first segment here. Second segment will be pretty short, but when I come back, I'll preview tonight's pitching matchup and talk about an acquisition that the Tigers made as well that I think could actually you know, be to their benefit. I'll talk about that when we get back. This is Locked On Tigers. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And we're back. So before I preview tonight's pitching matchup, I do want to say the Tigers made a move over the weekend. They acquired Carson Falmer, not to be confused with Michael Falmer. They acquired Carson Falmer who was put on waivers by the Chicago White Sox. The Tigers picked him up. He will be pitching here out of the bullpen pretty soon. This guy was excellent at Vanderbilt. Another Vanderbilt prospect was absolutely sensational in 2015 
as a junior at Vanderbilt, 14 and two with a 1.83 ERA. Drafted, I believe, in the first round, was a highly touted prospect. I mean, ranked as highly as 38th on MLB's top 100 prospects list before the 2016 season, and wasn't great in the minor leagues, and has been even worse in the majors so far in Major League Baseball in 44 career appearances, six. 5-6 ERA and a 6-9 and nine record. The White Sox put him on waivers and the Tigers claimed him. You know, I, this is one of those guys, he's still only 26 years old, fairly young, grew up a Tigers fan. This, I hope, and look, I, do I think he's going to be electric here? No, but I, I this is one of those guys I'm happy to see the Tigers taking a flyer out on. I, I'm really tired of them taking flyers out on 30-something guys. I like the fact that they took a, a flyer out on, on a young pitcher who... Look, probably won't be that good, but we've seen weirder things happen. And I think with a guy of his age, maybe a change of scenery is going to do him some good. And I do think they're going to give him uh, several chances here to prove his worth early in this season. So I don't mind the pickup at all. Now on to tonight's pitching matchup in the home opener against the Kansas City Royals. Mike Montgomery of the Royals, the 30-year-old curveball wizard, uh, famously known for being the man responsible for the final out of the greatest baseball game I ever saw, Game 7 of the 2016 World Series between the Cubs and the Indians. Obviously, he was with Chicago at that point, got traded last season to the Royals, and last season was his weakest in the major leagues so far. For the most part, in his career, he's been pretty good. You know, the record doesn't reflect it, 23-34, and 34, but a 3.83 ERA. Loves to throw his curveball quite a bit. I think one of the reasons why he hasn't developed the way some people thought he might is that he's mainly a fastball curveball guy, pitch for contact guy, only 6.9 career strikeouts per nine innings. Did have an excellent start a season ago in Detroit where he struck out 12. That was on August 10th of last season. I want to say that this is a guy I could see the Tigers having some success against, but over the weekend we saw the Tigers mightily struggle. I mean, we saw him struggle against all pitches, but especially off-speed pitches, and this is a guy who loves to spin that breaking ball, so we'll see how it goes on the Tigers' end. You have Michael Fulmer making his first start in 22 months, a wonderful sign. Now, I know a lot of fans are going to be frustrated. Like, I can already tell that there's going to be members of my family who aren't going to get this. Michael Fulmer is going to be used incredibly sparingly, like two, three innings at a time. The fact is, this is a guy who has not made a competitive start in almost two years. They're not going to have him go 100 pitches a start. This will be an opener situation. The Tigers have not used many of those since that became a thing, since the, the Rays first implemented that in 2018. The goal is you just want to see the stuff look good, you want to see the command look solid, and you want to make sure that he stays healthy. If we get that Throughout this 60-game campaign for Michael Fulmer, I will view it as an overwhelming success. I saw this Royals team play over the weekend against the Indians, and obviously I got a good look at them a season ago in the many games they played against the Tigers. It's not a terrible offense. It's not good, but they have some legit hitters. Whit Merrifield's, to me, the most underrated player in all of baseball. I love watching that dude play. Sal Perez is still capable of hitting for power. Jorge Soler broke the franchise record for home runs in a season a year ago for the Royals. I mean, he was really tremendous, came into his own, another former Cub succeeding in Kansas City. With Fulmer being used sparingly, it will be up to the bullpen to probably get some big outs here. And will they be up to it? Well, we'll see. I have I have serious doubts about this bullpen. Joe Jimenez, I'll, I'll talk more about him when he starts blowing saves inevitably. But right now, I'll just say uh, he's 
he's got a long ways to go. Velocity wasn't as sharp as I've seen it in the past. Command wasn't as sharp as I've seen it in the past. I brought this up with Turnbull as a positive, but sometimes I just I just feel like Joe Jimenez just takes batters off, really. I mean, you saw that in the ninth inning. Just threw two very lazy pitches to start that frame, got himself into that jam, ultimately pitched out of it. I've seen several Tigers relievers kind of struggle to to stay in the moment, keep that kind of lockdown mindset that a reliever absolutely needs. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but for now, that will do it for today's program. You can follow me on Twitter, at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter, at LockedOnTigers. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review of this show. It would be much much appreciated. I think the show has been much better lately and worthy, in my opinion, of a few five-star reviews. So I would really appreciate you guys doing that. At some point as well, I will bring back mailbag segments so you can send those questions to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. So glad to have this season back up and running. Can't wait to talk about the remaining 57 games that we got left here in 2020. Got to make the most of what has been a frustrating situation, but I will be right back here tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.